feels like Christmas Eve. This is so exciting. Actually, you and I haven't talked about that, but I was using the same image in my mind. This is like Christmas Eve when I was a kid. I, my stocking is hung by the chimney with no, care. No, for me it was like a kid because we could we'd go to bed early so we could get up early. Yeah. And I never could sleep. Did you go to midnight mass as a kid? Well, when I got a little older. But uh, there was no vigil mass in those days. The first mass was at midnight. Got it. But we would go to mass on uh, Christmas morning. Then when I got a little older, maybe fourth grade or something, then I started going to uh, midnight mass. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 23 podcast. Michael Pupp is here. 23 podcast, number 75. 74. Oh, I was close. So the reason we're saying that is Christmas Eve, or like Christmas Eve, because we're actually recording on Wednesday this week. Wednesday Eve. And it is the day, the night before. It was the night before the dedication mass, and all, all through, through the, the church. church. Everything is ready. They, There was a big, big group of people came in to clean the church this morning. It was pretty impressive. I heard there was a great group. Men and women, no kids, because they were in school. Yeah. But uh, there was one one little preschooler that came in. Uh, Andrew was here. Oh, fun! And uh, he was very awake and very alive and very helpful in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, coming up yet this evening on Wednesday, the night before the dedication mass, uh, we have a rehearsal with all of the people that have some sort of liturgical role at six thirty. And then after that tonight at eight o'clock, the band is coming in for our final music rehearsal. I think we're going to be here late tonight. Unlike Christmas, however, this is followed by my the, day off. the weekend. Oh. Well, yeah, you get, a, you get a day off. We'll call it Boxing Day the day after. Right. Uh, but the, the weekend is also a big deal. Oh, and, you know, as much as we've been talking about the dedication mass the last few weeks here on the podcast, I am equally, if not maybe even a little bit more excited for I opening call, I call it our inauguration weekend. Yeah. And nothing to do with uh, president or anything like that, but we're, we're really claiming the space for ourselves. For sure. For sure. So don't forget this weekend, we begin the new mass schedule. I'm not telling you father. What, I know what, you know what, that. what time are the masses? Five o'clock on Saturday. Still. I will be here. And then on Sunday, masses are at 9am and 11am. Just two masses on Sunday. But then you come back. Oh, two masses on Sunday morning. 5.30 p.m. on Sunday as well. Oh, that is good. So how many people are going to think 5.30 on Saturday and 5 on Sunday? Well, now you just confuse them. They weren't thinking that till you said it. I put the thought in their mind. 5 o'clock on Saturday, and uh, you can't undo things, can you? No, it's And 5.30 on Sunday, but it's the 9 and 11. Uh, I will be over here well before 8 o'clock. We will have 8 o'clockers probably. On the other hand, we'll probably have 11.30ers. Yes, there probably will be some of those. Uh, although, I don't, although we've talked about it for six months. I haven't decided what time I'm waking up on Sunday yet. I'm going to come up pretty much the normal time. At this least, Sunday? At least for a few weeks. I would like to say in solidarity I would do that with you, but I might come 15 minutes late just because I can. Just because you can. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. We are going to talk about the readings for this Sunday. Sure. And I am very excited uh, for the Mass itself. And as I looked at the readings like two months ago, and I thought, do, do these readings really fit our our first mass in the new space, I have decided yes, because I have no choice. Because these are the readings. <laughs> these are the readings. We're continuing our way through Mark's gospel, and it's a long one. I think I'm going to read part of it, and then uh, you have a copy, I presume, I do. Michael. I do. Okay, let me read the first part. And this is the story about the young man that comes up to Jesus and says, I want eternal life. 
But if you read it carefully, it never says that he's young. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. You just said he was young. I know. Everybody says it's young. Even the commentaries all say, now this young man came up to Jesus. But let me read, okay. and, and you, you'll find it doesn't say young, unless the Greek word for man is if they have a special word for young man, but that's not how it's translated. Oh yeah. That could be a good point that the word, but then they, but then they would have translated it. Oh, that's true too. That's I mean, you point. are just full of great points. I thought of all the possibilities. Okay. <laughs> As Jesus was setting out on a journey. Now this is important. It's not just a journey. It's a journey towards Jerusalem. And the whole last part of the gospel is his journey to Jerusalem and then being in Jerusalem and Jerusalem means crucifixion right so as journey was setting out as jesus was setting out on a journey a man ran up knelt down before him and asked him good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life jesus answered him why do you call me good no one is good but god alone you know the commandments you shall not kill you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not bear false witness you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell. And he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, There is no one who has given up a house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. It's good that we read it in two parts because you can see that the first one was the story and the second part was the teaching. I almost ran out of breath there at the end. It was a very long phrase. Uh, I, I love that part. You know, you're going to get all these things back. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. Oh, and by the way, with persecutions. That breath control comes from my trumpet days. Yeah. Wanted you to know that. I have <laughs> folks out there. Michael did play the trumpet at one time. I heard him play once. And that would be the only time. And he would never play it again after that. So I, I am a witness. I will tell future generations that Michael used to play the trumpet. It's because I started to see a little blood coming out of your ears. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to put him through that. <laughs> that was, those are still in the days when we had mass over at the high school. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about the young man who's not necessarily a young man. The man runs up. What's going on in his life? He, he observes everything. He followed the commandments. But he also somehow knows that he's missing something. He wants to inherit eternal life. Mm -hmm. 
And if it's just a matter of keeping the commandments, he's obviously a good person. He's done the right things. Yeah. But it's almost like he, he senses there's got to be something more. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember that old song. Um, it was kind of a, a strange song. Uh, Peggy Lee, Is That All There Is? I don't know it. it, it was, it's kind of a sad song. <laughs> at, at I'll the, be sure to listen to it. And that's the, the refrain, Is That All There Is? Is That All There Is? Uh, then let's just keep dancing. You're, you're going to look it up after we're of course after I, we get off the air. I was actually thinking, man, I wish we had a way for me to play things on YouTube during the podcast because I yeah, could play it in the background. Yeah, is that all there is? No, it's not one of my favorite songs, but there was something a lot of people who are listening will remember if they are even close to my age. Yeah. But it was sort of like, what's going on? What is life? It's almost like he's asking the existential question. What is life all about? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I get from here to there? What what am I doing? I think a lot of that that's kind of the pivotal question, you know, the whole Alpha series that we're using for disciple groups or for some of the as, as one groups. of the options, yes. The um that's one of the main questions of that series is is there more to life than this? And the whole idea of that series is how do we kind of regain um our Christian lens to look at the world. Sometimes I think we get swept up in, in a million other ways to look at the world, but you know, is there more to life than what I'm experiencing on a day-to-day and, basis? And the word is life. And life is, here he uses the term eternal life. But, you know, there's nothing, I mean, obviously it's good. There's nothing wrong. It's even a very good thing to follow the laws, the yeah. the commandments. Yeah. But you also have to have the life behind it, the spirit behind it. So Jesus is saying, there's one more thing. There's one thing. Now, did you ever see the movie uh, City Slickers? I have. I yeah. don't, but here, let me just give you a little disclaimer. You, you were four years old. No, I could watch a movie yesterday and not remember. Claire always makes fun of me for this. I can watch a movie three times. And see, then I, re- I remember every line of anything I see. Uh, I, it's like I watch it with too too much intensity. No. But there's a famous character, in the, the the three guys who go out west to try to find themselves. They're, they're adults. Yeah. And um, they they meet Curly. Curly's the old guy. Larry and Moe are busy? No, no. Curly is this big old guy who's a, a kind of a ranch hand uh-huh. and a real tough guy. Uh-huh. And he finally says, there's just one thing. There's one thing. And that is? And they all say, "What? what's the one thing? And I'm not sure that it ever gets answered in the whole movie, but it's sort of like there's just one thing. That's the secret to life. And they never say what it is. Oh, I don't. I I can't give it away. Oh, I gotta go back and watch the movie now. <laughs> but it, it it keeps coming up. The one thing they had to find it for themselves. He you know, d- he didn't give the answer for such a busy weekend. You're giving me too much homework. I've got to listen to a Peggy Lee song. I have to watch City Slickers. I have to got to show up for the dedication mass. Oh yeah, you better show up for that. You're very demanding today. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> so Jesus says there's just one thing you're lacking. Just one thing. And the, the, the man must have thought, okay, tell me that secret. Yeah. You know, give me the secret and then I will be happy forever. Right. And then Jesus says, get rid of your stuff. Right. And follow me. Now, lots of it, lots of people spend the most time on the second half of the gospel, which is the part you read. Sure. About wealth and the eye of the ne- camel going through the eye of the needle. Yes. But it's also the part, give up, give up your things and follow me. So it's like, are your possessions standing between you and Jesus? Because you could still give up everything and still not follow him. That is correct. So you have to give up things and follow. Can you follow without giving up things? 
but depends on how possessed you are by your possessions. Yeah. Obviously, this person went away sad. I always say whenever I retire, which is about 20 years from now, when I retire, I'm going to take a bunch of these sto- uh, it just hit me. passages in the scriptures, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to write a book about the rest of the story. So what happened to this guy later on? Right. What he's, it, what he's, he watched City Slickers. He watched City Slickers, <laughs> and, and Cur- he turned out to be Curly. It's actually who, yeah, that's who he was. All right, so while we were reading this, something else came to mind in, in tying with this weekend, but it's not necessarily positive, but hear me out. I want to get your reaction to it, because I think it is a common criticism of Catholicism from the outside. So here we have a reading that says, you know, uh, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. Those that have wealth cannot pass uh, a camel through the eye of a needle. Right. Yes. Here here we are opening an eight million dollar facility this weekend. And we're hearing a gospel reading about. Don't tell me that I haven't already thought about that a lot. Have you thought about that? Oh, tremendously. So Uh, through the whole building process, I've been thinking about this. So what's your take on that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I, I, I don't think it's an either or. But one of the things you may have noticed I've been doing all along yeah. is de-emphasizing the building. Right. It's beautiful space. Yeah. It's wonderful space. Right. Uh, good people there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and people are so dedicated. People have been, their hearts are into this. You know, the, the people that were cleaning today, the people who've been putting flowers in the garden, people coming over, doing all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, the whole group of people making... Uh, all kinds of altar cloths. They've been sewing until their fingers are bleeding. I have to say, yeah. our grounds have never looked more beautiful than they do right now. We, sh- we should have built years ago. It looks... <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about the landscaping and everything. Even the, the beautiful flowers they put around the sign by the that, highway. Yeah, they, people went out of their way. And it's, it's like people are just stepping forward. Uh, Monday night after the Church 101, yeah. how many people helped move things? They were... It ended up two of our high school boys ended up bringing the altar down from Ron Cowley to our day chapel. Yeah, that's beautiful. It it was kind of neat. You I want, walked along with them to make sure they w- didn't run into anything. And it's in there. It looks very nice in there too. It's a but we're size. we're digressing a bit. But the whole thing about wealth, we we want good space. We need good space. We want something that's going to last a hundred years. Yeah. You want to hear my take on it? Yes, please. Can I answer the question I asked you? Please. My take on it is this, that we have done exactly what Jesus is asking us to do in this gospel reading, because we as the community, as the church, have sacrificed our material possessions to give to the church to build this building so that we can help more people follow Jesus. So this building isn't just this elaborate construction project to look and say, look how great St. John the Twenty Third Parish is. We built this because we believe that having this space will help us grow closer to Jesus, will help us better follow him, and will help us better evangelize and bring people along the way. Well, we need the space for us to continue our mission. There's no question about it. Yeah. People th- from the beginning of our parish have asked me, what's, what's your plan? How big should the parish get? And I said, I don't know. And then as we start getting bigger, people said, how much bigger can we get? And I said, I don't know. And then they say, how much bigger do you want it to be? And I said, we have to continue to grow as long as there are people who need a place like us. Right. So it's really uh, the building fits into a bigger picture. It's not just about the building. No. But it has to be a bigger picture. But I also think we have to be very careful 
that we don't just spend the money on ourselves. Correct. Uh, we want to be a bigger force uh, to the community, and that's why the the challenge for the pastoral council this year, when I met with the new council two weeks ago, I said, let's put emphasis on our role in the larger community, not just in our church parish, our our own people, but how as are we as a parish reaching out to all the folks around us? The word I used today, I, I posted, um, I shared one of our parish videos on Facebook today uh, on my own profile and I said that you know with God's help this community will continue to be an even larger pillar in Northwest Ohio that you know that the existence of this church is a presence in the Toledo community that makes a difference okay you just said something very important with God's help and maybe that's part of the problem with this man in this gospel it was you know he was trying to do the things but was he really being godly you know, are we doing what God wants of us? That one thing. And I think God wants something of all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to go beyond ourselves. Somehow we, it's easy. There's something about wealth. It's easier for me to say it because I've never had a penny in my life. But there's something <laughs> about wealth yeah. that tends to control. Mm. You know, people worry about, are we going to lose our money? The stock market today went way down. Yeah. Are we going to lose our money? I'm glad I didn't not, I didn't buy stock in Sears uh, oh. <laughs> a, a month or two ago. Right, it's it's really tanking out. Uh, so, but people worry about things like that. Yeah, and when you it you do have to plan for the future. You do have to plan for your children. Mm-hmm. But if we're not careful, it will take us over. Take over us. Sure, and a lot of the times there still has to be in in all things in life, whether it's finance or health or or family life or whatever it may be, stress, you know, there is a resilience uh, when you can place that trust in God and allow God to carry you through. Well, it's almost uh, trite to say, let let go. Right. Let go of stuff. But, you know, we say it all the time, but boy, it's hard to do. Very much so. It's almost like you have that sticky stuff on your hands. So you try to let go and it just sticks there. Totally. I, I've been in several stressful situations before where I say, all right, God, I'm giving this to you. It's completely yours. And then three minutes later, I'm already worrying about it. I mean, I couldn't even last three minutes. I can, I can remember when I was a newly ordained priest, I used to do a lot of retreats for high school kids through the Catholic high school and CCD. And we, it was an era when we did a lot of one day retreats and I would prepare everything, but I would just worry about it. Like, do I have all the details covered? Yeah. And then I can remember going over to church sitting down before the blessed sacrament and just praying it through and saying, Lord, it's all in your hands. Yeah. Uh, I've done everything. And I would go home and I'd go to bed and I would sleep very well. And I would wake up and discover that in the morning that somehow through the night I had taken it all back again. (laughs) (laughs) I had given it to God, but I had taken it all back. So you have to keep giving it to God over and over. That moment that you just talked about, you know, going into the church and praying before the Blessed Sacrament, that is one of the things I'm looking forward to the most after this dedication mass tomorrow night, that uh, once the Eucharist is present in this space and will be forever. Until the Toledo Symphony comes. (laughs) Until the Toledo. (laughs) Well, just for a couple hours. Yeah. But um, just to have that time, you know, I think sometimes, man, how lucky am I that I get to work in a place where in the middle of the day, if I just need to go take five minutes, 
I can do that. Especially after the pastor yells at you. And tells me to watch movies and listens to songs. Yeah. Well, I'm giving you really educational stuff, too. That's true. You care about me. But it's, it's really a challenge for people. Now, back to the question. How does this fit our inaugural weekend? Sure. I think it's the point of decision. The, the man who wanted to follow Jesus or maybe didn't want, he just wanted eternal life. We are at the crossroads ourselves. Are we just going to bask in our glory? Like, look what we've accomplished. Yeah. Or are we going to say, this is a vehicle for our own discipleship. Right. This is a beautiful step, a big step. We've discovered we can do something. You know, $8 million is beaucoup of money sure. for anybody, for yeah. any group. But I had a few people years ago say to me, we're never even going to get 50%. How are we going to get the whole thing? Yeah. And uh, it's just amazing. But it's, it shows that what we're capable of doing. But what if we can be that capable for all the other things we do too, especially like discipleship and reaching out to people and being a light in the darkness like the, the, um, the lighthouse image that we try to be? You know, we had the hospitality retreat last weekend. And it was a really great Saturday morning. And uh, I could really see, we probably had between 150 to 200 people there. And uh, people were really getting excited about our mission of hospitality as a church in light of helping to disciple other people. Uh, Even to the point where the greeters, you know, they were getting excited. And they said, we were talking about the new things the greeters were going to do. And they said, well, we should probably go back to our posts after Mass and be nice to people and talk to them as they're leaving, too. Yeah. I said, that sounds great. So yeah. when, when we as a church are taking ownership and are getting behind the mission, that is when exciting things yeah. happen. And one more thing about hospitality. I had somebody tell me years ago, and I don't know his background, but he said he's healing. And then I looked at him and he said, remember, hospitality helps people heal. Mm. That's beautiful. Hey, if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, we'll see you back here tonight for the dedication mass or for this inaugural opening weekend. Hey, God bless you all. Is this Texas? Y'all, take care.